Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. On today's episode, we have Angela K. Holiday, who is the president of Frost Brokerage Services Incorporated and Frost Investment Services LLC, where she oversees the firm's 45 experienced financial advisors, as well as the sales management operations and compliance teams. Angela first began her career at Frost in 1996 as a sales assistant and worked her way up through various positions to her current job as president. We are so excited to introduce you to Angela and the wisdom she she shares not only about saving for retirement and investing, but also her own personal success in the corporate world. Angela, thank you so much for coming on the Deeper Than Money podcast. We are so excited to have you and so excited to dive into all things the financial industry and your story and all the amazing advice that you, I'm sure, are going to give. So please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your story and your journey. What led you into the financial industry and where you are today? Sure. So thank you so much, Chloe, for having me. I'm so excited to join today. Um, It's been a ride. Um, I started in the financial services industry in 1996. So that customer service representative interested in having a job, not necessarily a career, and began working in the retirement services group where we answered questions about retirement um, in the CD department where it was time deposits and people were asking about investments and we in customer service couldn't do anything with that. So we had to transfer the call. But it made me kind of scratch my head and say, what does that mean? What are investments? What are these things about? So we had a pilot group where we were offered the ability to take our securities license and I jumped on it. And from there, started at Frost in 1996 um, and did everything. So sales assistant, trading manager, sales support manager, um, the chief operations officer, ultimately the president of the firm. So um, 25 years next year at Frost. And I can honestly say, I think I've seen a lot. I haven't seen it all every day. It's a different Surprise, I got a twist every day. So it's really, it's exciting and it's the most fulfilling work that I could have even imagined um, beginning. Oh my gosh, what an incredible story to go from customer service all the way up to the president. That is 
incredible. I love stories like that. And holy cow, I can't wait to dive into hearing more about your career and all of the success that you've seen. So what can you give some advice on, you know, what are some of the habits or routines that have helped you get to this point and also just stay motivated, stay driven, stay jumping on all of those opportunities that you you know, we're able to go after. Sure. So I think um, one of the things that I can say consistently um, that I've done over the years is be an early riser. Got to get up early in the morning. And over the years, I've always done that. I've always read about all things related to my industry. So making sure that you have that cognitive learning is super important because it's a very competitive field. So you want to make sure you're staying on top of all things, um, your work. But more recently, I've become fiercely intentional about quiet time in the morning and more sleep. And so making sure that that regenerative piece is built in there is so important. Run, 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 drive, drive, drive. You've got to take some time to settle down and be very intentional about your thoughts. And so both having morning time, morning quiet time and uh, more sleep, it helps me re- really figure out what works for me. You know, I can figure out when I haven't had enough sleep and I'm not creative that day, then I need to lay down. Or if I need to push myself a little harder and work a little bit more because there's a specific project coming that, you know, I may need a little bit more meditation time because I'm getting overly emotional about certain things or I need some kind of mental lift. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, the more I've aged, I'll say matured, uh, focusing on what works for you it helps the passion and creativity just reveal itself. So just being able to take a step back and looking at this is what I know works for me and this is what I know doesn't work for me and deciding on those things with that that expectation that it'll come and I don't need to have this formal roadmap. It'll just present itself. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. I love that. And I'm sure there are so many people right now who are listening and they're like, I want that, right? I'm I'm a new grad or I'm I'm in corporate and I'm maybe it feels like right now I'm at the bottom of the totem pole or not where I want to be. And they have aspirations of, you know, that dream that you've accomplished of like working their way up the ranks of the corporate ladder. What advice would you have for for those people who that's a dream of theirs right now? Be patient. And please don't hear me saying, wait your turn, because a lot of times Mm. people are thinking, oh, yeah, good, (laughs) because everyone says, I don't want to wait my turn. Or why is it that everybody that's not that's older than me is telling me, wait my turn? Not saying that at all. Be patient. You want to be steady and you want to know that every single experience that you have, it's contributing to your growth. So promotions are events. They happen in a day, they happen in a moment, they happen in an announcement, but it's the work, it's the people, it's the places, all of that contribute to your experience and it allows you the opportunity to demonstrate your talent. So I remember my grandmother said to me, enjoy the process, enjoy the process that, you know, you were never meant to be the CEO on day one. So allow all of that to be part of your journey and get that experience that you need and then promotions, 
advancements, all of that will show up. Oh, that's amazing. And can you talk more about as you're going through this primarily male and white male dominated industry of growing up or growing up, but, but moving and growing through the ranks as someone who, you know, is not, um, not a white male, not an old white (laughs) male, right? Can you talk more about that and about your own experience going through that? Yeah, the, you know, it is historically financial services has been a male dominated, um, industry. And so most roles in the past for women were support roles, Mm -hmm. being an administrative assistant, being in operations. It's changing. It's absolutely changing and changing here recently. But it's funny that like when I would travel or attend meetings with subordinates who were male, people naturally gravitated to them and they would assume they were the boss. And then sheepishly, the male would say, no, she's the boss. And so, you know, you you understand that that is really how we've evolved and where it's come from. And you appreciate all the work. And I'm certainly not alone having, you know, these types of experiences, but it definitely helped shape my perspective mm-hmm. and how it's shaped a lot of women leadership leaders perspective in that, you know, how we serve our clients, how we serve our communities, how we serve our employees. We're much more mindful about that experience and that we want to be very personal, very nurturing. Um, And those are things that are usual for most women, that it's easy to care on a personal level to make sure people are reaching their financial goals or we're actually meeting people's needs. So it's been a challenge, but I think we are much better today and we've evolved into a much better place. Totally. And it's so cool. You're such an industry disruptor, right? I love just talking to these badass women who are, you know, moving up the ranks and you're like, oh no, excuse me. No, I'm the boss, right? That's so, I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So pivoting a little bit and talking more about Frost, are you currently working on any exciting new projects that you are able to share with us? Yeah, a couple of projects. So first, I'm a huge advocate for Frost Bank's Op for Optimism. So that's an initiative. It aims to improve overall financial health. And so the study has established the relationship between optimism and financial well-being. So an in relation to this financial health initiative, um, in this new virtual world, another project that we're looking to work on is a virtual series. And it, our first series is women's financial wellness. So mm-hmm. it takes more of a deeper dive into the op for optimism and all of the financial health research that um, that initiative has done and drills down a little bit further into women's financial wellness and how women have different objectives versus their male counterparts. And we cover basic personal finance all the way up to more advanced topics like investment strategy. So really excited to have those or to have that series out um, coming in December. Wow, that's amazing. So for that person, right, for that person who maybe is dipping their toes into the financial world, they're working on their financial health, what would what advice would you give someone who's kind of just starting out, just dipping their toes into 
the world, the financial industry, and specifically that of investing and, and different investments? Sure. So one, let's start with learn the basics and determine your needs. So you don't have to be a you don't have to be a financial expert, but avail yourself of materials, whether it's reading a book, looking online, just to get the basic financial principles in order to achieve the right financial outcomes. So if you have that core information, then your next step, get advice. And advice can look different in different ways, whether it's digital advice, where you're going online and you're answering a a couple of questions, and then you're getting the answers from artificial intelligence saying, hey, this is what you should invest in. Or if you're sitting across or virtually with a financial advisor and they're determining what your investment objectives are or your risk, how much you want to take, how much you don't want to take. But starting with the basics, moving to get help to make sure you're going in the right direction. And then finally, creating a plan and adjusting it. So having a plan, whether it's a digital advisor or a financial advisor, making sure that it is addressing your goals and then when life changes, adjust the plan accordingly accordingly to make sure that it's meeting your needs. Amazing. Oh, that's so great. And so talking more about financial advising and finding someone who – finding a professional that is the right fit for you, mm-hmm. what, what advice do you have for making sure you're finding someone who is – um, you know, really going to be an advocate for you and be a kind of extension of your goals and finding someone who's a good fit for you? That's a perfect question because it should be centered around you. It really is, in this case, all about you. So know that most financial advisors have the same products and the same services. So what they should be offering you is the process. Mm. So what's involved How often did they communicate to you? What are the costs for their products and services? Good advisors understand that a good fit is a process that completely revolves around the person. That's their job to make sure that they're your financial partner. Oh, so good. I love that. I love that. And so often, you know, I'll hear clients who have kind of horror stories about like, you know, this this person just, they said, don't worry about it and I'll take care of it. And I just felt so in the dark and they just think that's how it works. And, you know, I'm always telling people, no, like this, you have to find someone who's a good fit for you, who's advocating for you. I, oh, I love that. Okay. So speaking of all things, you know, creating a plan and looking into your goals and what the market's doing, how do you see the market reacting towards the end of this year headed into next year? So, you know, you never predict market behavior because that's a losing game. (laughs) But, you know, the obvious is the pandemic and the health crisis. And so that's what triggered all the volatility in the market. And, you know, knowing that the vaccines vaccines are on the horizon, mm-hmm. you know, those are coming to market. And the cure to the health crisis is the vaccine. So that is paramount to the recovery. So a bunch of other factors um, in the economic recovery, but being able to look at the vaccine and the the vaccines and the excitement around it and some of the stability that's coming will definitely help cure some of the pandemic 
fatigue. So it -hmm. returns a little bit of the confidence back to the market, knowing that some of the uncertainty will be lessened with the vaccine. Now it's just really a waiting game and figuring out how quick does the how quickly does the recovery happen? How do other industries emerge because they've adapted to the new normal? And then what does the new normal look look like long term? Totally. So do you see any major differences between millennials and also I would even couple in like Gen Z um, versus their parents' generation when it comes to investing or planning for retirement? Absolutely. So one of the things with the Frost Research for our op for optimism, we did get statistical information around millennials. And so millennials are saving at younger ages than the prior generation. So, you know, saving at 25 versus Gen X, my generation was saving at 30. And then the generation over me, the baby boomers started at 33. So I'm still, you know, very optimistic about retiring early, but definitely approaching retirement and investing at a younger age. Mm, So good. Great news, right? Great news. (laughs) We love to see it. So what are some of the comments? So that's kind of a, you know, that's a benefit, right? That's such a, such a positive, great news. Um, what are some of the, on the opposite side, what are some mistakes that the, that younger people, millennials, Gen Z are making when it comes to planning for retirement? Well, you know, some think that they don't have enough to even start investing mm. or they don't make enough money to save. And so first, you know, sitting down and having a budget to know what's coming in, what's going out, because you will find, you will find money to save and invest. And it doesn't have to be large amounts. It can be as small as $50. But first understanding that you have to have a budget in order to determine what you have and what's going out. Um, Secondly, sometimes people, sometimes millennials get way too aggressive in their investing. So, you know, a lot of the market before the market downturn, 10, 11 years of a bull market, um, a lot of millennials never saw a bear market, never saw a downturn. So being too ambitious with the risky investments, being too speculative and not being diversified. Mm. So being very careful about being overly aggressive. And then lastly, becoming emotional. That, you know, when you don't see this type of market volatility, then you tend to run. So by having a plan or having your investment objectives ready at the beginning, that um, when market downturns happen, you have a plan that you stick to and you go through the cycle because the cycle will end. It always does. Historically, it's always ended. So not getting overly emotional and sticking to the plan versus reacting to your feelings. Totally. So good. So going along with that, if we have people who are listening and thinking, oh my gosh, she's so right. I really need to be learning more about this. I need to be um, you know, taking those first steps. What are some book recommendations for either leadership and kind of the you know, the career side or the investing and specifically financial side that you would recommend to millennials? So on the leadership topic, my favorite 30, I'm sorry, 360 degrees leader by John Maxwell. And a lot of tenants in there around being patient, 
doing what you wouldn't ask anyone else to do or what you would ask someone else to do, not managing, actually leading, um, also being able to have mentorship. So a really good leadership book. And then one of the newer books that I've recently read, Broke Millennial Takes on Investing. Oh my that's gosh. By- <laughs> that's, she's a friend of mine, Erin. Oh a friend my gosh. Yeah. Yay, Erin Lowry. That yes. is such a phenomenal book. Phenomenal oh my book. gosh. I cannot wait to tell her this. And I will, I'll tag that book um, in the show notes. Erin is a friend of mine. She's the absolute best. She's a three series of books on all things, um, you know, money investing. Um, yes. And talking yes. about it. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that you said that. That's that so is great. so exciting. I love <laughs> that book. Love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. That just made my day. I, I'm, and I cannot wait to tell her that. Um, so going off that, thank you for sharing those two books. I have not read the, um, John Maxwell book. So I'm excited to check that one out. Thank you for that mm-hmm. recommendation. Okay. So what are some of your big goals, either personal or for Frost in the next couple of years? Sure. So on, um, at Frost, the continued commitment on the financial health, And so next year, we're looking at this research and taking it to the next level. So a biometric study that's exploring the body's responses when talking about money. So one of the greatest um, validations of this research and this initiative, you know, in the financial advice field for almost 25 years, we have been able to quantify investment returns, performance, um, account balances, But to be able to connect that when financial health is just as relative as your mental, emotional, physical health with this biometric study, that's huge. That validates everything that we've done, and it gives more science behind this does connect to your overall health. So that's really important. And um, on a personal front, just continuing to look at tangible ways to offer resources resources mm-hmm. to underserved communities. So people, um, female, women of color, where just historically we've been disenfranchised with the information mm-hmm. and financial literacy are at staggering lows. So just making sure that as we're talking about financial health, that we're being good citizens and making sure we're offering resources to those who need them the most. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love that. I love that so much. And just making financial literacy just so available and so available for everyone. Oh, I I love that. A huge goal of mine as well. So I'm so I'm so happy you shared that. All right, to to wrap things up a little bit, if you could leave our listeners with one last piece of information or advice to think about, what would that be? Um, So to the point about financial health being equally as important as your mental health and physical health, your emotional health, as you're going through this process, be kind to yourself. You're not going to conquer financial wellness in one day, in one month. And so one of the tenets of Opt for Optimism is progress, not perfection. So don't stress yourself out. Don't think that the discipline over, you know, the tough love is getting you where you need to be. You'll ebb and you'll flow. You've got to be able to celebrate and support yourself just as you would a friend who was going through that process. Mm -hmm. So just be kind to yourself on the journey. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. 
Angela, thank you so much for coming on the Deeper Than Money podcast. This was incredible to hear not only about your advice when it comes to, you know, growing financially, but also hearing about your story and, and just your journey basically to the top. I mean, come on. That is amazing. So if if listeners want to learn more about, you know, Frost or learn more about you, where where should they go to find you? So frostbank.com, we also have the opforoptimism.com website. And that way you can get to those resources and the research. And I think that all of that information gives you the tenants that we've discussed, as well as a 30-day challenge at Up for Optimism to help your mental state of mind in that financial health. Oh my gosh, amazing. And everyone listening, we will share all of those links in the show notes. So make sure you go over and click on those and check those out. Angela, thank you so much for joining us on the Deeper Than Money podcast. 